Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank y'all for the music and the singing. Thank to whoever turned the air conditioner on. Made sure the lights were on. I assume that was Matt up there doing the sound. Turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 16. Ezekiel 34 and 16. I apologize, I didn't give Matt my scriptures, so I don't know if he'll get them up there. But Ezekiel 34 and 16 says, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. I will bind up that which was broken, and I will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. Dear Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we ask that your word would go forth and do what it is commissioned to do this morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm feeling a little queasy this morning. I don't know if it's these progressive lenses or if I'm just nervous or I ate something that wasn't fitting. (laughs) I think I'm just nervous. So if you'll bear with me this morning as I try to get through this, do the best I can. Hope that helps somebody. The Lord is good and he knows he knows what we need. And the Lord cares what we need. He's a caring God. And I I uh I have a message typed on paper and I hope it's fitting and it touches somebody's lives but I can't Stand in the pulpit this morning. Sometimes when I step up here, I know I got the right thing. I got what I need. And like Twan said, sometimes the Lord even reveals to us who it's for. And it's really discouraging when you step up here and they're not there. <laughs> you look in their spot and you go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what do I do now? Do I preach it? Do I save it? What do I do? And so... But in this case, I don't know. But I know one thing. I felt the very sweet presence of the Lord here this morning. And with that, God can do anything as long as someone will open themselves to the Lord. You know, the Bible says, I wrote this down on my phone the other day, uh, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone shall open, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Then he turns around, and that was in Revelations, in the Gospels, he says, Knock, and the door shall be opened. God is willing. God is able. And, uh, 
as I was talking to the Lord to try to figure out what I was going to preach, teach, whatever this comes out to be, the Lord kept referring me to nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't mean nothing. He wasn't giving me anything, but he kept referring me to the word nothing. And and I questioned, Lord, what what is... What are you trying to tell me? What is what? I'm kind of lost here. I need more help than nothing. And I felt like the Lord kind of opened my heart and talked to me. And have you ever read those stories on the internet or in the newspaper or um, what is that? Chicken soup for the soul. How many of you ever read those? Chicken soup for the soul. Those are really neat. I really like those. I think my daughter has written there, wrote, wrote, read every one of them multiple times. She loved them. Jessica did. But anyway, <clears throat> how that there's this stray dog, this stray pet, this stray something, or or wild animal, or or something that gets caught or hung up or or is trapped in some situation that there seems no way to be delivered from. And some good Samaritan comes along, somebody comes along to help that animal, person, thing, whatever whatever the situation is. And then the gratitude that follows something or whatever it was. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Our society is tough. Life is tough. Um... And a lot of times, we feel like nothing. We feel like we're nobody. We feel like that we've never accomplished or never will accomplish the things that we may have wanted or there's no purpose to our life. There's nothing there that has any substance to us or for us or for society or or whatever. And if you notice, most practical jokes that people play or putting down other people and we all laugh and we all joke and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but I'm just saying that a lot of times our attitude and the way we approach things and the way we see things and the way we move about is to make feel people feel lesser than what they really are and sometimes it affects us it affects them you know it's tough in our life enough. Life life is tough. I mean, I, I, I say that a lot, but I look at the damaged people that come along and are out there in life and have had their feelings hurt, their dreams shattered, and, and struggle from day to day to make things lie, uh, uh, make things happen and, and Life is, is is tough. How many of you in this building today struggle with okay, let's say uh you get a vacuum cleaner and it's a it broke. How many of you struggle with throwing it in the trash? Nobody? There's a screw in there that I could probably save that I would use later. So I just saved the whole vacuum cleaner. 
I just hold on to the whole thing. Ask my wife. She'll agree. (laughs) And so I become the master of all these possessions. I have my little spot in the backyard where I got some pipe and a butane tank and uh, a hot water heater and I can just keep on naming stuff, and my wife's like, what are you ever going to do with that? And I'm like, well, I might need it someday. She says, you need to clean all that junk up. But I become the master of those possessions, and they belong to me. And I can't do, they, they can't, nothing can happen to them without first, me releasing them. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. She's throwing stuff away, and boy, howdy. And I I never missed it for six months. (laughs) But I'm the master of those things. And uh, there comes a time when I do clean up. I get tired of the clutter, and I walk in there, and I'm like, Well, I ain't used it in five years. I might as well chunk it. (laughs) Sometimes. It depends on what it is. And sometimes it is profitable, and and I want to use it. And once I get the use out of it, and, and I'll give you a good example. Do you realize how much copper is in a motor in a vacuum cleaner? Tons of it. And you can sell that stuff. And so I have a little bucket in my shop, and I save it, and I save all the copper. And when the copper prices go up, I go sell them. Then I buy golfing equipment, and I store it somewhere. (laughs) The point being is those items belong to me because I possess them. And I can't relinquish them. I don't relinquish them. No one can come and take them from me. They can come and steal them from me, but there's a law against stealing, and they could be prosecuted for a crime if they ever caught them. They probably wouldn't, but and most of us probably junk anyway. But when a master of a possession takes all and gets all of the use out of it, what do they usually do with it? They throw it in the junk heap. And it gets pushed to the side and it gets discarded. And maybe today you're here and maybe your your parents didn't encourage you. Maybe they didn't make you feel like, you know, you could do just about anything uh, like I do with my grandkids. I think they can do anything. I encourage them. I probably didn't as much with my kids. Maybe it was your Friends, maybe it was your boss, maybe it was your spouse, maybe something in life, some hard, harsh task that you've you've been associated with has made you feel like nothing to society, to the world, to yourself, to others, to those you love. And so you're here this morning and you wonder, Where do I belong in life? And I'm here, and and I have struggled, and I have wondered, what what is my value? What is my worth? And and what is society going to do with me? What are they going to, how are they going to handle me? How are they, what are they going to do with me? And, And society in this world 
will use you up and they will throw you on the junk heap of life. But this morning, Jesus is looking at you and he's saying, I can take nothing and make something out of it. Jesus is on a mission this morning, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. In order for something, for nothing to become something, someone has to want it. Someone has to want to deliver it. Someone has to want to take it out of the situation that it's in and give it new life and give it new hope and give it uh, some type of a resurrection. And this morning, we serve a God that can do exactly like that. You may think I'm nothing. The people around you may think you are nothing, but we serve a God this morning that says, hold on a minute. You've got a soul. There's some value to you here this morning. You see, the devil would like to take individuals, especially our young folks, and use them, use their zeal, use their their strength, use their vitality and the youthfulness in them and use them for evil and to strengthen the agenda of ungodliness in our society. But hear me this morning that if you choose to go that path, if you choose to let the devil use your zeal and your strength and your youthfulness, there will come a time in life when he's done with you and there's nothing left and it will sap all of the life out of you and it will take you down a road that is not real fun. How can you say that? Because I've been there. I've done it. I've experienced it. But oh, thank God that there was a day when the Lord called me out and said, son, I can use you for a whole lot more better things than what you're doing right now and this morning you can choose which direction to go you can say I'm nothing I have no purpose here I have nothing I can offer here and you can go and you can serve the world and mammon and do the things that they so desire to move and promote ungodliness and evil But trust me today that whenever they are done with you, they will throw you to the junk heap of life and let the dogs lick up what is left. Do not be deceived today. The protection of the church is the place to be this morning. You may think Jesus cannot use you or make something of you, but I beg to differ with you. I can assure you I shouldn't be up here with this microphone. There's a lot more qualified people than I. But I had a desire. God saw that desire. I prayed. I fasted. I read my word. I did things. I worked in the kingdom of God, and God honored that. You see, you can choose an easy path. You can choose a leaser path of resistance or one that will reward you something carnally or you can choose a path with God and the things that are not temporal and the things that are eternal and and there was a story in the Bible of a priest named Eli and he had two sons Hophni and Phinehas and they chose the pathway of corruption and you see the things that they did and the things that they performed while they were 
supposed to be doing the things of God. You see, God will take those that are lifted up and make them a base. And he would take those that are a base and he will lift them up. So here are these two young men with the, with the world on their shoulders able to do and move and do the things that they need to. But they chose to be corrupt and they chose to be evil. In 1 Samuel 3, 13 and 14, notice what the Lord says here. For I have told him, and he's talking of Eli, he's talking to Samuel here. I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli, that the iniquity or the evil of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice, nor with offering forever. Forever. From generation to generation to generation the sins that these young men committed, the, 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 the uh, master that they chose to serve affected not just them, but it affected generation after generation after generation. You see, they became nothing because whenever the devil got done with them, and they were finished with him. They go into the battle with the Philistines, and they were both killed and destroyed, and the ark was taken. But on the other hand, there was a young man that was nothing. His mother was at the altar crying, seeking the Lord, and Eli slaps her in the face and says, Quit, quit fooling around at the altar of the Lord. And she said, You don't understand. I just want a child. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm travailing unto the Lord. And the Lord took Samuel, who was just nothing, and moved him into the house of the Lord. And Samuel dedicated himself to the house of God. His mother gave to the house of God. And God took nothing and made something out of it. The Bible that says that Samuel became the high priest after Eli and Samuel 1, 3, and 19, and Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. When God takes nothing and makes something, there is responsibility. God doesn't just take a man or a woman and clean them up and give them a chance and give them an opportunity, but he provides them with responsibility and he provides them with something in their lives to help the kingdom of God move forward. We can look at that in David. David was just a young, ruddy little young man out there with a sheep. He's nothing. He was the youngest of all of them. And everybody's saying, well, it's this one or that one and this one. But no, no, God said, I want you to take that little one right there. That one, Lord? You want me to choose that one? You want me to anoint him to be king? Saul was statured head and shoulders above everyone else. And you want me to anoint that yeah. He, he's nothing, Lord. He's ruddy. He's young. He's a sheep keeper. And you want to make a king out of him? God is serious. When he makes nothing, 
into something. When God blesses you with power and authority, you must be humble. You must respect it, and you must be wise. Notice David, the prophet. He comes to David, and, 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 and David had abused his power, and God punished him for it. We have to be careful when God takes us and makes something with us that we do not become so puffed up and so made up that we think we know better than what God does. Notice what God said to David or or what Nathaniel said to David. He said, and this came from the mouth of the Lord through Nathaniel, I mean through Samuel. And I gave thee thy master's house. He ran from Saul. He fled from Saul. He feared his life. But the Lord said, I gave you his house. And thy master's wives. And I gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. They were fighting against each other. But the Lord brought them together and gave him All of that. And notice what the Lord said. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. What are such and such things? I guess whatever he could dream up, whatever he could think up, God is in the business of taking nothing and making something out of it. Hallelujah. I don't know what your situation in your life is. I don't know where you've been, where you're headed, or where you're at right now, but I can assure you of one thing. There is a God that has looked down upon someone here this morning, and he realizes that maybe there's some emptiness. Maybe there's some question there, but he is a God that a that is a God of restoration. He is a God that can help you. He's a God that can look down in your life and say, oh, I can use that. You may say, this? This? God, have you looked at this? Have you seen me get on the scales lately? It don't look good, God, when I step on the scales and they say tilt. Seriously, God don't look at the outside. He looks at what's on the inside. And he can take that damaged heart. He can take that damaged soul and he can restore it. God, I want somebody to hear me this morning. God's process of restoration has immediate effects. However, the full and complete restoration of God is a process of time. God will touch you. God will help you. God will deliver you. God will strengthen you immediately. But the devil's coming back. And the people that have made you feel the way that you feel are coming back. And they're going to try to do the same things again. And those are going to affect you. And God will build you into the next step and the next step and the next step. What happens is people come to the Lord. 
They repent of, them, of their sins. They're, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're baptized in His name, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And they feel this urgency and this unction and, their, and this vitality. And they felt the virtue of the Lord coming to them. And so they go on for a season and they live off of that. And then God begins to develop and strengthen you just like a child. And they want to go back to that beginning, that feeling. You can only be rebirthed that one time. And and God will renew you and he will strengthen you, but you have to go back to him. And so they they can't find that what they were looking for. And so the process begins for them to build a relationship with God and, and... They just want the snap, poof, hallelujah, and the promise. But when God begins to take you and develop you into something, you have to give back. You have to develop that relationship yourself. And as you do that, you become strengthened in God, and God begins to use you in more ways, and God begins to help you. But what happens is people come in, they receive, and then they they see the blessing, and then the process begins of their building. We're, the Bible says we're a spiritual house. God builds a wall here, and we don't like it. We tear it down and build our own wall. And God says, hold on a minute. I didn't want that wall there. we got to tear that out. Because he's the king master, not us. And so we get mad. But God, I really want that wall there. No, you don't understand what's going to happen in the future. and what You don't understand why I need that wall there. You just want it there because it looks good. But I need it there for structure and stability. Well, yeah, but I don't care about all that. Okay, well, then I'll let you leave it there. And then as God builds your spiritual house and it comes caving in and tumbling down on you because you didn't build the barrier wall, then we get mad at God. But God is trying to develop us. He's trying to make something out of us. Everything that is discarded is not rescued. You see, Tuan said it so wonderfully this morning. When you miss service time after time after time and God's trying to deliver a word to you and you keep missing and you never show up and then you wonder where where is the word that the Lord promised me? Where is my strength? Where is my vitality? Where is where is where is where is? It's because you've stopped the development process, and you thought I can just take care of it myself and and on my own. No, we never need to disconnect ourselves from the Master. Because here's the problem. We have two masters. We have the master, Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty, or we have the master of mammon and the devil. The Bible says you can't serve two. You can only serve one or the other. You're going to have a master, but which one do you choose? I assure you, when your life truly becomes nothing, 
The devil's going to take you and throw you on the junk heap of life and be done with you. Oh, but God will be with you from the beginning until the end. And he will be with you. And he will help you. And he will nourish you and strengthen you and help you along through each and every situation and circumstance that comes along. So you must be careful how long you dwell in the place of desolation and nothing. You can't just stay there forever. Luke 11 and 17 says, But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. Some things you have to realize. You can't serve both. You can't have a foot over here and a foot over here. you got to say, I want God to make something of me or I'm going to expend all of my energy and my efforts for the master of this world. Hallelujah. And the things here. Or I'm going to step over here and I'm going to say, okay, God, I may not understand all this. I may not understand everything I need to understand, but I am here this morning for you, God, to take me and take nothing and make something out of it. Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You see the things that mean nothing to the master, they only linger for a season. They're there, just like I was telling you about the things I possess. And then I get, you know, I get that screw out of that vacuum cleaner, I chunk the thing away. There is a process and a time. It can't linger forever. Matthew 21 and 19 says, And when he saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. It died. Genesis 4 and 15. 40 and 15, I'm sorry. I only missed a zero. It makes a big difference. Because... Here's a young man named Joseph who was one of the youngest, younger children of uh, his father. And Joseph has these brothers. Jacob was his father. I'm telling you, I'm losing my mind. And uh, you know the story. They take him, they throw him in the pit, they sell him, they send him to Egypt. And he... He's a slave now. He was a free man. He was a slave now. And he goes into Potiphar's house, and he's doing what he needs to do, and he's praising the Lord, and he's taking care of business, and he's elevated to the number one position in Potiphar's house. You see, all of your life you may have done good. You may have been acceptable. You may have, hey, oh, I've been there. I've, I've had good friends. I've had society helping me. I've, uh, but... There comes a time in our life when it's not enough. And here's Joseph, and he's done everything that he needed to do. And, his, and Potiphar's wife accuses him and says, he done something that he didn't do. And he's thrown into jail. 
And while he's there, a butler and a baker make their way to the jail, and Joseph is talking to them. And he said, For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that should put me into the dungeon. Hallelujah. I am here to tell someone today, you may think that you're in a dungeon. You may think you're caged up. You may think there's no way out. But God took nothing because Joseph did nothing wrong. And he took him and he elevated him to the second position in the most powerful country to save his people. God has brought somebody here this morning. You may think in your life you're nothing but you may be the salvation for your entire family. You may be the key there to start the the, the, the fiery revival in Baytown that will be talked about all over the country. You may think you're nothing, but we serve a God this morning that says, I can take nothing and make something out of it. Exodus 21 and 2. If thou be an Hebrew servant, six years shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. The servant is set to free for nothing. Servant has a choice to stay with a master. He had a choice. I can stay with this master or I can go free. You have a choice this morning. You can stay with the master you have or you can go free. Pilate. Matthew 27 and 19. When he, Pilate, was sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. I pray you would not leave in a state like Pilate and his wife. They didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And they labeled him as nothing. Jesus said, for there is nothing hid which should not be manifested. There was anything kept secret, but it should all come abroad. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You see, because that nothing was paid the price for our freedom. Pilate's wife said, have nothing to do with this just man. And if the musicians will come this morning, Jesus is hanging on the cross between two thieves. They begin to rail him in one state. Hey, you're supposed to be the Lord. Can't you do this and can't you do that? And Why don't you just say the word and speak us off and get us down from here? And the other one rebukes the other thief, and he says, By just cause we are here, but this man has done nothing. So we see today in society so many times may make us feel like nothing. And they took Jesus and they humiliated him and they made him into nothing. 
But that nothing became more than something. It became the blood that flowed down out of that cross that day that washes away the sins of the world. It became the advocate of all sinners from all situations and circumstances and walks of life. And those that felt they were caged and could do nothing with their life, that nothing that hung on that cross that day became everything so that we could become something. So that we could become the children of God. So that our names could be written in the Lamb's book of life. So that we could be filled with His Spirit, washed by His blood. Hallelujah. If life's been hard to you, you felt like that, hey, I'm stuck here forever. My situation is, who cares? Oh, I introduced to you somebody today. Who cares? He cares for you. Hallelujah. He said, come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He looked at the woman at the well that day, and he said, woman, do you really thirst? Are you thirsty? And she thought he was talking about a drink of H2O, but what she, what he was referring to is I can give you drink from the Spirit that'll change your life, that'll change your circumstance, that'll, that'll help you through every situation you got to go through. I'm here to tell somebody today, you may, you may think, hey, there's nothing that can be done. But there was somebody that they labeled as a nothing that shed his blood for you, that enrobed himself in flesh, came to earth and died for you and shed his blood that you could change your situation, change your lineage, change generation from generation to generation. Hallelujah. Can we all just find a place to pray this morning? If you need to be dismissed, you're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify your name in this place, oh God.